Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Kishin. And this is Tea for Two. This is our BFF podcast where we talk about anything from science to popular culture, the arts, and life in Singapore. Hi everyone, my name is Joel and I'm a playwright and performer. And this is Kishan, I'm a science educator. Welcome back to our best friend podcast, T42. <laughs> so, Joel, how have you been? I have been mentally preparing myself for my grand re entry into society. Wow, grand yeah, I've been re-entry. Picking out, I've been picking out outfits and you know, places I want to go. It's like, wow. a, like preparing for a debutante you, ball. You got what? What parade is it? You got a parade in your street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like I've got like a flag and some streamers that I've been sewing, you know. When I step out of the house as a free woman for the first time, it's gonna be a big ceremony. It's gonna be it's gonna be an affair. What about you? I've been craving the beach for some reason. Like I really wanna go to East Coast Park and just jalan jalan and just like I don't know, just like eat the barbecue chicken, eat the sugar cane, I, I, I drink the sugar cane. I, I don't know. I I, I I don't know what to say to you. I mean all the years that I've known you and that we've been good friends, right? We have never once been to the beach together. Really? And I just, Come on. Yeah, I, think I, we have. I don't know where this is. No, we have not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then you know what? At the so, end of this pandemic, at the end of this circuit breaker, that's where we're headed to. We'll head to the beach. Okay, yeah, I know everything sounds romantic from like when you're stuck indoors, right? But let me just like, Singapore beaches, first of all, are very gross. And then secondly, got a lot of <laughs> like biting insects. Uh, yeah, if we walk, it should be okay. La. Never mind, never mind. Just, we just go, okay? <laughs> Okay, I'll just, I'll just like uh, sit at the bench and watch. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, it's time for Pandemic Potluck, the barbecue edition. (laughs) Is it you bring corn on the cob? Yum. Is it you bring frozen hot dog? Is it you bring aluminium foil or is it you're the one who last minute bring ice? <laughs> but the guy who brings ice always saves the party at the end of the day. You know it, I know it. God bless Correct. him. There's always a Tommy in the friendship group who is like arrowed with bringing ice because secretly nobody yeah. wants the food that he brings. Because it's he cannot do like, anything. No, he cannot cook properly, He's but he thinks he can. Like He always bring the weird fusion shit, right? Like the kimchi, the kimchi panna cotta or whatever. Ew, and like, he's watched a lot of Bon Appetit. Yeah, he's watched a lot of Bon Appetit and thinks he's that kind of cook. But actually, it's like, no, you just bring the frozen water. Correct. Like, That's okay. all we can trust you with, frozen water. <laughs> pandemic Pala is a segment in which Kishin and I talk about our lives under the pandemic. Uh, and this week, we're trying something a little different, right? We're each going to bring five coping mechanisms that have helped us survive the pandemic so far. Because as we are recording this, we are in day 505 of the Singapore <laughs> lockdown. Day right? 50 plus, yes, day 50 plus. Yeah, whatever, it feels like 500 days, right? <laughs> and I think like, um, you know, we're coming closer to the end goal, but they may shift the goalposts again. So yeah, who, knows? who knows, right? Um, but these are things that we have done that have helped us get through this kind of weird time. Uh, right. I'm going to go first. Number one for me has been unfollowing people on social media, which sounds a bit like self-explanatory right but it's been very important for me because like I've always thought social media has been a bit of a toxic space anyway but now that everybody is at home and it's so free everybody's going to the watering hole and the watering hole has turned into a cesspit oh my god I can see I can see how that's the case Yeah, yeah it's like everybody is using social media to like 
excrete their anxieties <laughs> and their insecurities and it's you know it's contaminating the pool uh, and you like I get it like people need to do that but I, I personally don't need to be faced up with that all the time right right you know it's like it's like whether it's you know your exercise videos or like oh, your cat- yeah, oh or gosh. your propensity to post a hundred catastrophic headlines a day all these little things produce like anxiety in me so like my policy is very simple if you post something or have a propensity to post stuff that makes me anxious or insecure in on the slightest level right I will just unfollow you wow that sounds pretty harsh though it's like it's not it's nothing personal it's really like yeah sorry I don't need to be here as you process that it's like I love you Kishin but I will not stand in the toilet while you're taking a shit right? sure I can see that yeah yeah so <laughs> you know this is why advice I give you free namaste alright <laughs> number two for me has been redefining my relationship with productivity and I think this is a very oh, important interesting. One. I think like a lot of people now who suddenly have a lot of free time on their hands are feel, feel this weird pressure to make good of this time by doing something uh, productive, right? So yeah. it's like, uh, whether it's like what learning a new language or oh, that's reading true. A, or like you know starting a new or picking up a new hobby or writing that that wonderful magnum opus. Yeah, yeah, it's like no, actually, this relationship to productivity and time is a very capitalistic one, right? It, it's this idea that time must be used productively, but like. Sorry, we're in the middle of like a horrible pandemic, you know. Yeah, it's okay to give yourself a all, break. Yeah, give yourself a break, forgive yourself, and kind of decouple yourself from this notion that productivity is, you know, such an important um, thing to, to have. And it's like, for me now, I just lowered my standards so much, right? Like, if I can send a couple of emails a day, I'm very happy already. So oh, that's good. My new man- yeah, my new mantra is you lower your standards, you will meet your expectations. <laughs> this is my advice I give you free. Namaste. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> number three has is related to number two, which is redefining random shit as exercise. <laughs> oh no, I scared. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you don't like everybody's feeling a weird way about their bodies now because we are moving so much less, right? And I yeah, think it's, true. it's like you, you know, I've seen some people respond on one extreme by throwing themselves at these like intense exercise regimes at home. But I personally don't have that kind of like discipline or energy, right? So I'm just like, sorry, fuck it. Um, I am just going to lead my life lying on the sofa playing video games and reading books oh, for the most that sounds part. glorious and though <laughs> yeah I'm going to forgive myself for it so to overcome right the anxiety that comes with being so sedentary I've just started to reclaim random shit as exercise like if I drop something on the floor I will like do this elaborate bend and snap pick it up and go that was a squat oh my god <laughs> So you will classify that yeah, as a squat. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> keep it moving, right? That's a squat. And you know, I googled the other day, right? How much life, how many calories life burns? And it's quite a lot. Yeah, existing, you know, just being alive burns calories. burns calories. It's true, it's true. Of course it does. Yeah. I encourage everybody to go and Google how many calories reading a book burns. You'll be surprised by the number. This is what advice I give you free. Namaste. Okay. <laughs> number four. Okay, this one is very important. Okay, it is... Regulating my bowel movements. Oh yes, it is very important. I agree. Yeah. I agree. This one has truly, this one has truly been a lifesaver. I think it's very important. It's like we are already all locked in place, right? And we're stuck at home. The last thing you want is for something else in your body to be stuck as well. So you know, like keep it moving, right? And this one you have, you can have a lot of control over it. So I consciously make sure that I'm eating like enough fiber and drinking a lot of water. Oh, just that's really to keep good. The flow. Yeah, just to keep the peristalsis going, right? So like, I drink a lot of water now. Whenever I'm bored, or I feel like this crushing existential dread on my shoulders, I just drink water. 
and it serves and it serves a lot of purposes, right? Number one, like it makes me feel full, so I'm snacking less. Yeah. Number two is keeping my bowels moving, which is very important. And number three is making sure I stay hydrated. In this oh, it's something I weather. wish I did more of: drinking water. I really don't do enough of that. Yeah, correct. This one advice I give you free namaste. Okay, number five. <laughs> my very last uh, survival strategy is mindful cooking. Hmm. This one, yeah. I mean, you know, I love to cook. Yeah, you right? love but cooking. Like now that. Yeah, but nowadays I find cooking to be a mindful activity as okay. well. And I think a lot of people are trying to find mindfulness practices at this time. You know, whether it's meditation or yoga or whatever, right? But like, you know, cooking can be that very, can be a very mindful activity as well because, you know, it is a very, it's a creative practice that you use to show love for yourself and the people you're feeding the food to. Oh, that's really nice. And yeah, it is a productive activity in a sense. It's creative and while you're doing it, you know, uh, it can be very calming as well with a delicious end product, you know. <laughs> and, it's a life, and it's a life skill and I just like, if you are within the reach of my voice right now, I just want to say to all of you who've been making your Dalgona coffees and your sourdough breads and God <laughs> knows what pandemic cooking project, like, go for it. There are people who are hating on everybody's pandemic cooking projects right now. I'm just like, go away. Nobody likes yeah, you. Yeah, fuck you. Just do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see how cooking can be very mindful. Yeah, and how it can yeah. bring you to a lovely place of relaxation. Yeah. yeah. That, sounds, that sounds great. All this advice, I give you free. Namaste. <laughs> well done. Well done, Joel. Okay, so this was Joel's five coping uh, mechanisms. Uh, now for mine. Okay, my number one coping mechanism is participating in a weekly trivia quiz. So... What a group of friends and I decided to do is that every Sunday we would come together to basically uh, do up a, a, a weekly trivia quiz, okay? Yeah. For each week, each of us would take a, a week and we would be game master for that particular quiz. And while I first did it just to keep in touch with friends, because this is a group of friends that I don't particularly meet up with very often, I actually started to get very excited about this trivia quiz and for the time that I was game master, I enjoyed it so much having to research the questions, having to take a fun spin on things, having to actually game master the whole thing. Oh, it was a lot more enjoyable than I thought it would be and it really took my mind away from work and the fact that I was stuck at home. So this was a Aww. really, really wonderfully That's pleasant That's so sweet. Distraction. I think a lot of people are finding ways to be social at this time. Like I've seen all, I've seen all sorts, right? I've seen people who are doing like online raves even. Like oh yeah, Zoom I've seen raves. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's fantastic. It's just a fantastic way to keep social. You, you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, so that's my... Yeah, that's tri- my... I mean, a trivia quiz is a bit nerdy, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Nerdy, but fun. Nerdy and fun. No, yeah, no judgment, no judgment. <laughs> Alright, number two on my, uh, my list of coping mechanisms is solo dancing in my room to music. Now, this is oh. something I do regardless, okay? Even pre-corona times I would just shut myself in the room switch the aircon on maybe have some a bit of maybe have a bit of mood lighting and then just blast music and just dance not only is it a great way to de-stress it's just a wonderful way to just keep your body moving especially now that you're Mm. stuck like you mentioned being stuck at home I totally agree so this is a great way to just keep your body moving but I have to say I do this too yeah you do this as well and I reclaim it as exercise. I really yeah, do. Yeah, for sure. You, you can work up. Right. You can work up a sweat doing this. Oh, yeah. absolutely. But I have to say, the last few times that I did this, I got a little bit sad because this idea of dancing. Uh, I mean, yeah, I like dancing by myself, but it also comes with this idea of being with people. 
you know you, mm. you while you're dancing by yourself you are also in some ways surrounded by people and the fact that I was dancing in my room alone also made me a little bit sad and I can't wait for all of this to be over so that we can meet up again and we can just dance you know I mean if you really miss it just put some soft toys on the bed and spill <laughs> alcohol on your floor to create that sense memory correct you know? right just, just activate the sense memory like that yeah. correct correct possible good advice thanks mm, give you free and namaste <laughs> <laughs> Alright, third on my list of coping mechanisms, and this is a delicious, delicious thing, is having full work meetings in my bed, in my sleep clothes. I absolutely love doing this. Okay, I'm literally, let me paint you a picture, okay? I'm literally not even fully awake yet. Just on my bed, I just reach over for, to my laptop, put it on my chest, switch it on, and enter the meeting. It's am- of course my camera is not on but oh my god it's amazing because you know what I am still productive I'm still listening I'm actually still writing down stuff or typing down stuff and screw screw everyone else who says that I need to get up shower uh, get into work clothes at home to actually be productive I don't I don't need to do that I can be productive yeah. on my bed just like that it's amazing. I mean, different strokes for different folks, but like I have seen people in Zoom meetings who have been fully made up. Isn't it in weird? Close. And like I do find it just a bit absurd, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit it's odd, like, okay. Right? If I'm sorry, if this is what it takes for you to feel to get into that that mind frame, sure. But like for my end, like I'm just literally sitting in my underwear. I'm going like I feel bad for not dressing up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for me, it's 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 wonderful and. Also, it's a bit of a stick it to the man sort of thing. So I, I really, Correct. I really relish this whole thing. It's also a bit kinky, right? Next time when I'm on a Zoom meeting, I'm gonna go like, "Ooh, what are you wearing?" <laughs> <laughs> correct, <or> correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, number four on my on my list is successfully staying away from TikTok. Now. I really cannot understand this whole world of TikTok. And I know during this pandemic period, many people have started TikTok accounts as a way to just maybe get their feet wet to see what this is about or maybe just to even exercise a little bit more. For some, it's even to just rope in their families as like a family activity as they do the family TikTok things. But good God, I really don't understand this entire world. And people keep sending me TikTok videos, you know, like on WhatsApp, on Instagram. Uh, they literally send me through the Instagram messenger thing. And I'm like, I just don't want to see it because it, I don't get it. And I truly cannot understand it. So I'm like, whatever. Okay, boomer. <laughs> yes, it's a very boomer thing, but... What is why is TikTok a thing? I I, I don't know. I really it's, don't understand. Okay, I I I haven't joined TikTok myself because I'm too lazy to get involved, right? But it looks to me like just a more creative Insta stories, which looks like it could be a lot of fun, you know, Kishan. Maybe two of us should set up TikToks together. We, oh. we do la, we do la, do la, we do la, we do la. Oh my god, one endeavor at a time. Let's focus on the podcast. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, so okay, my very last coping mechanism is setting boundaries at home. So when mm. we first heard that we were going to go into this circuit breaker thing, right, I, to be honest, got very nervous because I still live with my parents and sometimes living with them can be very, very emotional, very tiring uh, because they, they ask a lot of questions they, and you just want your own space and we butt heads quite a bit. So when we were going to, when we were going to go into the circuit breaker, I got actually quite anxious and I sat down with my mother. I remember sitting down with my mother a few days into the circuit breaker and I said, okay, we're going to be in each other's faces for quite a bit. 
and I would appreciate if let's say if I'm in my room to just leave me be and when we when I'm out in the communal spaces like the living room or the kitchen then you know that's where we interact and whatever and I thought she would jump at this like she would beat her chest and go like why why is my son saying this he doesn't love me anymore <laughs> you know all these dramatic things but you know what she was actually very on board with it she was like yeah okay I understand and it's been so great that this entire circuit breaker period has brought me and my mother closer together. Like we would actually, we I didn't expect that I would do this, but we would sit down in the hall and we would talk. We would actually like try Instagram filters together. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing, and it's and I'm actually quite thankful that for for all of that. And I think it started with me just having that conversation because I don't think, yeah, I don't think many people do have that conversation with their parents. Yeah. You know what the next step is, right, Kishan? What? You and your mum need to get on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> and now it's time for lukewarm takes. In this segment, two elder millennials, that's us, discuss something trending on the internet. Yeah, and this week the trending topic on internet is me. <laughs> Why you? No, uh, what happened? I mean, what did specifically? What what specifically, it is something that I share on Facebook that has since gotten. Let me check. Two point three like over two thousand. Two thousand shares. Okay. Wow. Two point. Yeah. I mean, I I wish Amazing, this were right? a happy thing. So the story is that Channel News Asia did a report on um the migrant workers who've been who've recovered from COVID nineteen and are now being housed on these like luxury cruise liners, um. And so right, Channel right. News Asia posted uh, a link to the report on Facebook and then the comments thread to that was just, you know, the oh, usual oh cesspit of ignorance threat. and hate and, 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 and racism. Um, and so my friend um, yeah. sent me, you know, a screenshot of all of these comments and I asked if I could share them uh, because they were just so awful. And they've since like, you know, uh, right. a, a lot of people have reshared the images because it's just some of these comments are just so... Distressing. Yeah, I remember reading them and like yeah. my soul died. It was. It I mean, was and the really and, and the whole thing yeah, really yeah. just outlines, I think, the way in which many Singaporeans are responding to this whole uh, migrant worker COVID nineteen situation. So reading through the comments, right, you can kind of see three broad categories of response. Um, so we thought it'd be an interesting way to break it down and uh, get into this conversation. First category of response can be more or less summed up by this comment, right? Uh, and this is like the biggest trigger warning. This one is really quite awful. Um, and it goes, Who dare to take cruise again with all these people once there? Sleep and eat and dirty the cabin. If give me free, I also scared. I mean, first Ugh. of all, like, go and fuck, you, go and fuck you? yourself, like, whoever you are, right? Yeah, correct. Go and die. La. I mean, I think... So irritating. I think what this points to is how, like, the problem has become so quickly racialized in Singapore, right? And it's just, like, rife right. with all of these awful, like, racist ideas about, um, you know, how some races are more or less clean than others. Yeah, and this, asso- this association basically with dirt and hygiene and disease with some races, right? Just because there's poor understanding of people's cultural practices. Or, I don't know, it's generally very easy to racialize a disease, right? I mean, you only need to look at how when the disease first emerged in 
China, like the conversation very quickly became about oh these dirty Chinese people who eat bats and like you know sell food on the yeah, Singapore yeah. Chinese was so quick to distance themselves from the China yeah. uh, from this from this uh, from the Chinese people in Wuhan you know it was right. ridiculous yeah and then now that the situation in Singapore has taken this turn the second outbreak has happened to a demographic that is very heavily racialized in this country you can see the same thing conveniently yeah. ignoring all the structural factors at work right like how this outbreak was precipitated by various kinds of failures you know on a structural and policy level over the years um and you know i think this this comment is not even worth like going too much into it because it's just foul and like we're just gonna i'm just gonna like mutter some like cleansing sutras in the air to get it to clear the air so <laughs> let's just let's just move on from this one um the second category of response can be summed up by this comment and i'm gonna do my best voice um oh dear is scared tell us which other countries oh treat and care more for its foreign workers than singapore Ugh. i tell you akishan I tell you right, Ayo. some people will find any excuse to sing home at Majula Singapura. One. That's exactly it. It is it is a crazy form yeah. of patriotism that that that, that people Correct. just are so happy to write on. It's you know, a superpower, you know, to take oh anything and then use it as a way to start singing This is home. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a superpower. Yeah, so, like, so like this patriotic <laughs> response is very interesting. I think because the general narrative has been that Singapore was doing very well internationally for a while, right? Like, you know, we were, it were yeah, we, we had true. one of the most consistently excellent responses to the outbreak at the early stages. And then, uh, and then this stumble happened. And then like now everybody's kind of like piling on, right? Yeah. So many articles have been written about how Singapore has basically just like fallen from grace. <laughs> yeah, fallen from grace is the, <laughs> is the expression. I think like there seems to be this desperation among some people to reclaim that victorious narrative of Singaporean excellence again it's kind of like you know it's yeah. like everybody's piling on and then the, the defense response seems to be hey, hey sorry uh, no 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 wait uh, you see which country got treated its foreign workers so well yeah. hmm? you tell me where <laughs> oh my god that not? voice you is so irritating <laughs> it's like it's like auntie auntie don't need to be so patriotic it's like good say good bad say bad you know because like this stumble as we are euphemizing it right it's actually quite egregious isn't it yeah. and it has revealed some incredible fractures in our society that people have been pointing out for a very long time but that nobody has been having a, a nationwide conversation about until now and this patriotic response is just par for the course in Singapore, like, really. I think like patriotism has one of the most consistently bizarre things about our country in the past, like I'd say, ten or so years. It's like anything, everything yeah, also true. becomes an opportunity for a patriotic response. Yeah, no, totally agree. Our national narrative is basically one of survival and having survived any sorts of yeah. everything, right? It seems like we've been in danger since the since pre-independence days, and so this this corona pandemic is right up that that, pa Correct. that patriotism narrative you yeah. know, it's right up there <laughs> if you think about it right this kind of like pandemic situation is the exact kind of situation that our Singapore government was made for right it's like oh our crisis our crisis oh no now you see oh, now we must do this do that oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will admit, right, that when the pandemic first happened, I was actually very proud from afar of the way Singapore was dealing with Oh, the yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? You know, it was like, yeah, of course, if you're going to have so much power, right, you might as well use it 
to deal with a pandemic in this way. But then, of course, it was getting a lot of the usual kind of criticism from Western democracies being like, oh, you know, we could implement those kind of policies, but unlike Singapore, we are not an autocratic totalitarian state or whatever, right? And then it's like, that, was, that itself mm. is a very superficial criticism. But on the flip side, like going, oh, Singapore can do no wrong. Why keep pointing out this foreign worker thing? That's an equally superficial kind of response to criticism and that leads me to like the third broad category of response and that can be summarized in the following comment as a singaporean i have never been on board a cruise ship myself due to the expensive tickets now such a blessing for the fw to be able to stay there for free sponsored by taxpayers dollars welcome to singapore three exclamation marks Hope you will get well soon. Uh, oh my god. It's so acidic, acidic, right? I tell you, right? This, have you, have, have <laughs> you ever heard a acidic. more insincere hope you will get well soon? <laughs> I tell you, <laughs> like, this kind, right? I'd rather you wish me ill than wish me well, man. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, just wish me Greg, dead. You know? like, just, just, just tell me if I'm I get going this to kind, die. <laughs> if, I get this, if I'm sick uh, and I get this kind of get well soon car, I will, I will burn. <laughs> I tell you, I'll burn it. Because it's like got cursed. Yeah, correct, it's cursed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like got cursed. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, like, where where do you even start with this? Like, the amount of, like, entitlement. Yes, it's it's, and, it's, it's yeah. as if this whole, like, cruise ship thing is only reserved for Singaporeans. And the fact that foreign workers are on it, right? Wow, they should... They, oh, they should be so happy that they're on it because they're never going to get the chance. You know, because it's... This correct, is right? Totally for us. Oh, A so lot gross. of Singaporeans respond this way. In fact, this seems to be... One of the main, like, one of the biggest response, the, the wah, so good, ah. But I'm just like, uncle, you think these people are getting the full cruise experience there? <laughs> it's like, you think, yeah, like, correct, right? Like, the eight yeah, o'clock you buffet. think, like, 8 p.m., they got continental buffet, ah, or like, they, or a few of them get chosen <laughs> to sit with the captain every day, or. Yeah, correct. Then after that, the casino yeah, opened. No, right? Before the casino <laughs> opened, there will be like the live entertainment show with the circus act, and then Anita Sarawak singing. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> because let's be real, right? Like, where in the world is Anita Sarawak? She's on a cruise ship somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You're not, you're not even getting the full cruise experience. You're so, bitter you're for so what? like, right? so bitter for what? Yeah, why are you so salty? Can you chill? <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, e. What does it mean that our taxpayers' dollars are being extended to include? these people which is like such a fucked up way to think about it especially in these times right when like nationality has never been uh, a barrier for this virus and anyway you, they, you don't you don't have to be a citizen of this place to be entitled to care that's not how you know that's not how care should this work this comment is basically quite a dehumanizing it has dehumanizing sentiments behind it because they don't treat these people as human yeah as it's, it's, like, really, it's right? really like yeah. yeah you are here not to be a human being you are here to be a unit of labor right you are here to work you, you have so much care for what some more the care is so nice put you on cruise leh. yeah lo, and the care is i pay money one leh, you know that kind of thing it's like excuse me you know care should be extended to anybody who lives here and it's like, even if you have problems with that statement right it's like do you not think that these people who come here under such difficult circumstances to do such difficult work to build your houses and your buildings like are entitled to more than this kind of like passing contempt just like uh, like you said earlier uh, inability to consider the human dimension of what it means to be uh, 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 working in that field right like it's just the the physical toll of doing that kind of work the physical reality of living in such close proximity of other people the heartache of being so far away from home. 
Yeah, I can't even imagine. It must be right. it must be so emotionally tiring, or uh, and emotionally awful, especially at this time where you're yeah. away from everybody. Oh gosh. You know, like um, when when all this started to first play out, and then I saw a charity drive that was collecting um donations that would go towards uh the migrant workers. I was actually very taken by the fact that most of these donations were gonna go towards buying them SIM cards to call home yeah then suddenly it brings into relief just how awful this whole thing must be which makes me so angry to read comments like these that just like they're not even thinking about you know the human experience of what this must be like they're thinking wow so good got cruised as if it's not in some sense a floating prison yeah correct (laughs) it's totally misplaced the the emotion is totally misplaced and I don't know in, in my opinion it's at the end of the day, when I was reading this entire uh, this this slew of comments that you put up, the feeling that I went away with yeah. was disappointment. Because now here we are in this Corona times, and we talk a big game about understanding the the foreign mm. worker plight and pledging to do better as we move on. But then here we have these people just freely expressing themselves in such idiotic in an idiotic way, in a very unfeeling yeah. way, continuing to dehumanize the foreign worker, and it and it just makes me wonder like, are we going to come out of this? learning anything at right. all. Right. It makes you wonder no. about like the deep kind of paradigm shifts in our society that need to happen before things can get better. The paradigm shifts need to start with reconnecting with you know humanity on all levels, right? And with this community in particular, I think it could even start with simple things like um first of all getting involved, right? Of you know building awareness of what the situation is and figuring out ways that you can help in your personal capacity but then on a on a more everyday level it could even be like just being nicer yes absolutely in fact in fact the 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 one common thing the, the one very easy thing we can all do like we see the foreign workers all around us right taking care of our neighborhood every day the one thing that we can do is to just say hello a simple, simple act that is so humanizing that I think if you say hello, some of them might even get a shock because they're so not used to the kindness. They're so not used to such simple kindness, simple acts of kindness. That's definitely happened to me on a few occasions where it's been like uh, some one, uh, a foreign worker's come up to me to ask for directions and look very afraid to do so. And then, and then like oh, when no. I did eventually, you know, help him out and everything, he just looked so taken by by yeah. the act of kindness and it made me so heartbroken to think of Oh yeah, that it's breaks like, my heart. What yeah. horrible <laughs> encounters with other people have you had that exactly. this simple act oh, you know gosh. was so dramatic for you. Um, and it also makes me think of a second thing, of a second example. Um, there's this art project I was once engaged to do, right, where I had to write something. Um, and as part of that, I was put in touch with uh, a, for, uh, a migrant worker to kind of like interview him for this piece that I was writing. And then he started telling me about how, you know, he came to this country, not just to work in this field, but eventually he wanted to, he wants to move here and build a life for himself here. And he was using this like construction job as a way in to follow in the footsteps of his uncle who had done the same quite a while back, came here to work in construction and then saved up, right. set up a business and then now he has kids. Uh, he, his kids were born in Singapore and he started a whole new kind of immigrant chapter here. And I think not many people in Singapore are occasion to think of these guys in... Uh, yeah, they, uh, they have dreams and aspirations. Yeah. Once, you, once you tap into that, you could not say some of the things that have appeared on this comments thread. It's just like... You can't think of someone as human and then say the shit that you just read. Or maybe you can, you know. And that makes it even scarier. Alright, it's time for our third and final segment of the day, which is a new little segment we're introducing called Bite Bite Size 
Science. Science. Try saying that a few times. Bite size science. Bite size, Bite size science. science. It's like the makan kecil wow. of science. Yeah. Where our resident science expert Kishan Kuma Singh, uh, is going to bring us. Some, um, I guess, bite-sized science to cope with 21st century living. <laughs> so what? <laughs> what that's, do we have today? That's Kishan. essentially it. So what's on the menu today is something that might not sit well with everyone. <laughs> it's basically anti-vaxxers. Okay. So I want to I want to discuss anti-vaxxers, and I think I think we all know what anti-vaxxers are and what they're all about. But I think I mean, what many actually of some us people don't. You know, it's like anti-vaxxer really? also sounds like a brand of like. Um, either a brand of vacuum cleaner or like, like plaster, right? It's a plaster. <laughs> I think it's a brand of pesticide also. <laughs> so basically, anti-vaxxers, for those who are not in the know, are people who are vaccine deniers. They basically don't want to have anything to do with vaccines. They they protest against vaccines. They don't want to have uh, their children or themselves take any vaccines at all. Mm. And they're a bit of a problem uh, because of because they basically impede the, the the effect of vaccines throughout the world you know so it's, it's a huge problem and i guess like now is an interesting time to talk about them because like vaccines are on everybody's mind right now right we're all just kind of waiting for this magic bullet to deliver us from this hell exactly um, and yeah. like it just sounds like anti-vaxxers like we already know are going to be a very big problem when the vaccine does get released right yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's exactly why yeah. this was on my mind. Because I think many of us uh, understand what vex- uh, anti-vaxxers are kind of about, but we don't know what to say when we come across an anti-vaxxers and their warped logic and all their fallacies. So what I want to do today is to basically arm you, dear listeners. I want to arm you um, so that you know exactly what to say if an anti-vaxxer comes up to you with... With their weird, with their weird logic. <laughs> so I've basically broken this down into like four main questions that anti-vaxxers sort of ask. Okay, and then I'll deal mm. with each question at a time. All right. So for question number one, anti-vaxxers might say to you, "Oh, vaccines make people sick by giving them the disease. Who would want that? Isn't natural immunity better? You know? Uh-huh. Okay, sis, take a seat. You know. So firstly. Vaccines are a weakened form of the virus, right? You don't yeah. inject the full-blown virus into the person. You no, inject... because why would you? <laughs> yeah, why would you? It doesn't make sense. So you inject a very weakened form of the virus into the body so that the body has time to learn and understand about this disease and then store information so that when you or if you get infected with the full-blown disease, then your body knows exactly what to do. You know, that's exactly it. It's basically teaching that's, the body what to do. That's amazing. I just love how the body can learn shit like that. Right? And because it takes some time for the body to learn how to how to deal with this disease, you don't want to start uh, teaching your body only when you get the full-blown virus because you might not have the time. You know, what will happen is that as your body is learning and you're suffering from this full-blown virus, you might get terribly ill and you might even die. So let's just teach your body now. So what's the window like between vaccination and then, you know, I guess it's different for everyone, right? But like, is there a general window between vaccination and when it becomes like effective? That really depends on the disease. Like some vaccinations, you need multiple doses, you know, that uh, you need, you need, uh, like you Uh, need, your body basically needs to go for tuition every time. One one lesson is not enough. It needs to go for multiple (laughs) lessons, you know, and then it can fully, then it will fully go, oh, okay, I get this, I get this, uh, I get this, I guess, I understand the disease now, I know what to do. 
the second um, the second thing that anti-vaxxers might say to you is something quite common. Then if they go, okay, fine, vaccines contain a very weakened form of the virus, okay, but what about all the other dangerous things that vaccines contain? I hear that it contains mercury, aluminium, that doesn't sound safe. Ah, now, the thing is, this is actually quite understandable, okay? This is this does sound very, very scary, and I totally appreciate why anti-vaxxers jump at this. But you know what else is harmful, Joel? Sugar. Water, Correct. coffee, tea, Correct. any kueh kueh yeah. at Begawan Solo is also poisonous if you take too much of it. <laughs> so, so the issue is not the substance that is in the vaccine, but how much of that substance is in the vaccine. Do you know what I mean? Wait, wait. So, like, first of all, there is mercury in there. The there is mercury-containing uh, like compounds in some vaccines. There are there, there is aluminium in some vaccines. Sure. There's formaldehyde like, in some just vaccines. Trace just trace amounts, no doubt, right? Absolutely right. So it's just trace amounts because we must remember everything can be a poison given the dose, right? You just have to remember how much you're giving a person. Brazil nuts. Yeah, Brazil nuts are lethal in lethal dosages. Duh. Oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's interesting. Like water, like water could kill you if you drank yeah. too much of it. Absolutely. Water could kill you if you drank too much of it. So even stuff like aluminium. Aluminium is the fine example that you can use against an anti-vaxxer. So some vaccines contain aluminium uh, for uh, to allow the vaccine to work at optimally. So the, the aluminium basically helps the whole chemical process. Uh, right. And then some people, anti-vaxxers are like, oh, why am I injecting a metal into my system? This is quite dangerous. But you know what, sis? You consume more aluminium in your diet daily than what is found in a vaccine. You know, oh, aluminium curious. is yeah, aluminium is found in uh, in leafy vegetables like spinach. It's, I think it's even found in tea. So, you know what? Just relax. You are consuming it in your diet greater amounts than it's in a vaccine. So people really need right. to chill. Yeah. But the point on mercury though, that's scary, right? To think that yeah, you're but then you eat mercury. fish also, you're getting mercury, right? Thank I mean, you. unfortunately. So, unfortunately, it's an unfortunate thing, lah. But because people were so scared about this mercury-containing compound, what the 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 US did was that they told uh, vaccine companies to remove this mercury-containing compound in all in all childhood vaccinations, so that people would, would not feel so scared. You know, even though there was nothing wrong with this with this uh, thing. They, they just told people to they just told the vaccine companies to remove it so that you lower the barrier for vaccination even still people are like no it still contains mercury it still contains mercury yeah yeah so that's right. a, that's an important thing to take note I think you must remember that it, that most of it is no longer there anymore the mercury compound I mean like I'm I'm convinced like <laughs> I put worse shit in my body than mercury so you know <laughs> I, I think I doubt it but okay sure <laughs> No, trust uh, me. <laughs> the third point is some people will say, well, what's the big deal about getting measles or the whooping cough? I think my kids will survive. I, they have my genes. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I've survived, I've survived terrible illnesses and I think my kids will as well. So what's the big deal if they get measles? I think this, this mindset comes from a huge detachment of not having experiences, of not having experienced the disease when the disease was in its heyday. You know, think mm. of smallpox, think of a uh, whooping cough or polio. When when the disease were having, uh, when they were in their heyday, it really took out millions of people. And because we don't have sight of this, we don't experience this enough, we think that, oh, it's no big deal, whatever. 
And this detachment allows us to just say only la, like, ah yeah, okay lah, measles, well, it's fine, what, no big deal, we got hospital there, what, no big deal, you know? I love that you use heyday to describe. Yeah, the heyday of viruses. It's like, oh, the good old 1920s, <laughs> the roaring 20s, yes. and like the polio yes. epidemic. Why is heyday associated with 1920s? In my head, it's also associated with post-World War One roaring f- Yeah, but then you could 20s. also say like, I don't know why. You know, the heyday of smallpox would be like uh, the better part of human civilization up to the 1980s, right? <laughs> You're right. It was only in 1980, it was... It was declared that it was eradicated globally. Can you imagine? 1980s, eh? That's like, how many years is that? Like 30, 40 years ago only. It's pretty pretty recent, I think. The last one is the most Karen statement you can possibly make regarding vaccination. And it's this. Right, and for those of you who don't know what a Karen is, right, you might want to tune in to our very first episode where we go quite in-depth into the history and current controversy surrounding the term. Yeah. Wow, Joel, well done. What a pitch. What a pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I am the archivist of this podcast. I know everything. <laughs> so, this is the statement, the most Karen statement you can make about vaccinations. And it's, well, it's my choice at the end of the day, isn't it? Why are you or the government forcing me to do this? What I want to do to my body or my children's body is my problem. Yeah. So firstly, this is absolutely not true. Sure, vaccinations, you take a vaccination, you know, the vaccine goes into you individually. But when you are taking the vaccine, you are protecting more than just yourself. Because let's not forget, not everyone can take a vaccine. There are people who are immunocompromised. For example, mm. those maybe who are suffering from HIV or those who are on chemotherapy. There are people who mm. are sick or old for whom even the weakened form of the virus might be too much for their immune system. So these people cannot be vaccinated. By, uh, by making sure that everyone else is vaccinated, it prevents the virus from spreading to this compromised group, you know, and infecting right. them. So, right. So vaccination, there's also a social contract, I think, attached to being vaccinated or getting vaccinated that I think people forget and people tend to be very selfish about about the whole thing. This is, social contract is exactly what it is because to my mind, right, like you hear a lot of arguments in the States now, for example, about they're just so desperate to open up because they want to prioritize individual liberty and, you know, growth and all of that. Um... At, in the face of a pandemic they prioritize all of that right and then the discourse there is very like oh it's okay you know people will die uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a natural part of developing herd immunity yes like if you are if you if you do live with a very like dog eat dog survival of the fittest ideology sure right but then like we are not that species anymore right you know exactly it's like we are not we have we, we have developed very complicated ethical and moral relationships with each other as a community of uh, yeah. human beings. You know, we don't want weak people to die. The whole practice of yeah. medicine... Yeah, and so for people to think about this in a very selfish way, it's just, what are you yeah. talking about? It's tr- throwing this whole entire thing away, this whole social idea, uh, the social network that we as humans have set up for ourselves, you know, throwing it entirely away. So, yeah. I mean, beyond that, this kind of like beyond your self-thinking is actually very essential to thinking about surviving the next couple of decades, right? It's not just about pandemics. It's also about, you know, your relationship with the natural world. Yeah, think about global warming. I I remember reading this book a a while ago that made some very interesting claims about how your body and your actions are directly related to like 
creatures far removed from your own comprehension and understanding in different parts of the world. Everything we do has a has an impact somehow on the, the wider environment, and in this way, we are not individuals, but we are. Uh, we are that bird in the Amazon. Yeah, this is a very ecosystem view of survival, yeah. which which I totally agree because we don't exist in isolation. We are not yeah. just one human being or a community of human beings. We are everything in the ecosystem. journey from top 10 mm. coping mechanisms yeah, lo, yeah, lo. all the way to what else to xenophobia correct, correct. to anti-vaxxers yeah, wow how does it make you feel Joel how does it make you feel this is home truly oh where I know I must be <laughs> oh, I, I cannot hey, lyric, I think the lyrics wrong already <laughs> I, I'm signing off da, da, uh, da, this is la, 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 take care everyone la, 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 la. <laughs> this is Bye. home